Our gospel passage this morning is taken from the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 7, beginning in verse 24. Hear now a reading of the good news. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning again. Thank you for choosing to worship with us this morning. We um, hope and pray that you are well and safe and have weathered um, the storm, uh, the Hurricane Sally, and and that you are able to join us in worship. And and for those who are uh, not able to join us yet through um, power outages or being um, unavailable, we um, we just know that you are in our thoughts and prayers. This is a, a different schedule, a different time for us. Um, everything has been thrown into kind of a little bit of bedlam and chaos. And um, so it is what it is today. And um, we hope that you will... Um, join us in worship as we um, count our blessings um, and give thanks for the foundation that we have been given to stand upon in the midst of storms. And we began this sermon series last week called Life as a House, and um, we talked about the foundation, the foundation of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And um, that is a powerful stone, a powerful bedrock, a powerful rock for us uh, to stand upon and to build upon. And we talked about that last week, how each, each of us are, are, have the opportunity, the privilege, and the responsibility to build, to build up on the foundation that is Jesus Christ and to build up the church by using what God has given us, precious, precious materials. And when we offer those materials back to God and to build the kingdom up, we are, find ourselves as master skilled craftsmen building up the church. And then today, as we were going to talk about front porches and oh, the invitation and welcome that a front porch can extend to us, we faced instead Hurricane Sally and, and all of the power outages and the shuffling of schedules and the chaos that comes with a hurricane. You know, we, we prepared as best we can um, for a hurricane. We do all that we can. We, we move our lawn furniture around. We, we put stuff in, indoors that can go indoors. We, we fasten and batten things down tight and, and to make sure that things are safe. And when it's all said and done, when we've done all that we can do, we step back and we just look. And we look at trees we look at our homes and we begin to think that it's all, it's all in God's hands now. I've done all I can do. And there's something assuring in, 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 that, in that stance and there's also something quite unnerving to know that everything that you've done is still not going to be enough. That nature and the world and life itself is going to throw things at us that we just cannot, we can't control. We can only react and respond in the aftermath. 
And that's one of the things that it struck me. It's been years since I've been through a hurricane. I've been through a few of them, but it had been many years. And to, and to be without power for two days and, and to look at into the future not knowing when power will be returned, when any sense of normal will return, it's just, well, it, it's just one more thing in the year 2020. We have been preparing ourselves, doing the best we can to remain safe and to protect others in this year. We have faced all kinds of, of strangeness in this, in this season that we call 2020. We have, have been dealing with COVID-19 for six months. We have been dealing with uh, wildfires on the West Coast that have uh, consumed thousands upon thousands of acres and hundreds of homes and uh, killed many people. And then we have been dealing with uh, the, our history and our story with race and how we deal with race and, and how we police ourselves and, and how we find justice in this world. And we're in the middle of a political campaign, which seems to magnify a lot of it, a lot of what we've had to deal with. There's just a lot going on. And then on top of all of these things comes a line of hurricanes and storms, and the latest of which was Sally, which lands very near to us and on top of us and wreaks havoc and chaos. And all we could do after all of our preparations was watch and to listen, to pray and to hope. And thankfully for most of us, and I pray for all of us that we have made it through safely. And as we look on the other side of a storm, I invite us to join with the psalmist. The psalmist is a, is a wonderful and powerful resource that has been given to us by God and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and some powerful people, some powerful and wise people who rested and found strength in their faith and in God. In Psalms, one, in Psalms 18, we have the psalmist writing a word of thanks and thanksgiving and praise to his God who has seen him through a victory over a foe that was more than daunting. It was a foe that brought destruction, an enemy that brought death. And the psalmist faced it. Faced the enemy, faced the foe, but faced that enemy with the assurance of God's faithfulness and steadfast love. Hear now these words of the psalmist we find in chapter 18. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so I shall be saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me, the torrents of perdition assailed me, the cords of Sheol entangled me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called upon the Lord, to my God I cried for help. From his temple he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. He reached down from on high, he took me, he drew me out of mighty waters. 
He delivered me from my strong enemy and from those who had hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. It is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lights up my darkness. By you I can crush a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The promise of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The psalmist invites us into this powerful prayer of thanksgiving and admiration and praise for his God who has delivered him. On the other side of conflict, on the other side of war, on the other side of danger and destruction, he finds thanksgiving for God who has delivered and who has saved him. We, here in Mobile and in Ashland Place, and we are on the other side of a mighty storm. And yes, there is debris to be cleaned up. There are limbs to be moved. There is much work to be done. But the Lord, our God, is our rock and our deliverer, our shield against mighty foes, powerful, too powerful of enemies. Too powerful for us, but not too powerful for our God. So I invite us as we look at the days ahead to find deliverance and to find peace on the rock, the foundation of our faith, the foundation of the church, which is our God, revealed in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. As we stand here today in the midst of uh, debris and limbs and, well, work to be done, we stand on solid ground, on a rock, a rock that will weather the storms that come, storms of life and storms of nature, storms of the world. We stand on a rock that is God, revealed in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. As we stand on this foundation, as we stand in the middle of all of this aftermath, we can look back and we can look ahead and we can know with assurance and with our faith that God was here long before we recognized Him, long before we ever would have known that God was with us in our midst, present with us, working on our behalf. God's grace goes before us. God's grace goes before us in the good times and in the bad times. God's grace goes before us as we prepare or as we neglect to prepare. God's grace is there for us at every turn and every corner of life, drawing us and urging us, welcoming us and inviting us to the knowledge of Him, to the revelation that there is this God who desires the best for us, who desires us, for us to be what we were created to be, and that is good, and in right relationship with Him. That is the kind of grace that God draws us in to a better life. This is the kind of grace 
that will lead us to be the people that God has called us to be, the church. In 1 Peter chapter 2, um, Peter writes about what this church looks like and how it is built. I invite us now to hear, as we prepare to close, Peter's words about the community of faith. Peter writes in chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, Rid yourselves therefore of all malice and all guile, insincerity, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to Him, a living stone, there rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, See, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in Him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, He is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner, and a stone that makes them stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. And he goes on in verse 10 to say, Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As Peter writes these words, he envisions this building being built up with living stones, with the stones being laid upon the foundation and the cornerstone that is Jesus Christ. And this building that is being built, this temple, is where we will live. It's where the royal priesthood will dwell and work and live together, offering the world glimpses glimpses of God's grace that is going on before each and every person on earth. And as people begin, as we begin to recognize that grace and God's presence with us, where God meets us in His loving kindness at every corner, we will find the prevenient grace welcoming us and inviting us to stand on the foundation that is Jesus Christ, the truth, the rock, our shield in every time and even in times of trouble and storm. So I invite us today to recognize and to be intentional about looking for those urges and nudges and invitations of God's grace that leads us onto that rock and that foundation where we can stand in the middle of a storm and in the aftermath of a storm and know beyond doubt that God is our shield and our rock. So go in peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.